Thank you for joining us. God sent his only son, his sinless son, to die on Calvary's cross for you and me. Because of Jesus' sacrificial death, the gift of eternal life is available to anyone who chooses to receive it. Without the shed blood of Jesus, there would be no redemption for our sins. The Bible tells us that there is no salvation in any other. Without his selfless sacrifice, we would have no hope and no victory. Praise God for the gift of salvation and everlasting life. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for this privilege of preaching your gospel one more time. Thank you for this blessed privilege. Father, I humbly realize that apart from you, I cannot do anything. So empower me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to speak with clarity and authority in the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, we would like for you to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34 is our text. Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. The word of God reads, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? And which of you by worrying can add even one hour to his life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And I would like to preach from this particular passage of scripture. Trust God and do not worry. Part two. Trust God and do not worry. As we wake up each morning doing the things we need to do, living life as best we know how, we will soon discover people whose hearts are filled with worry. 
There are husbands and wives who are worried. Parents are worried. Children are worried. The elderly are worried. There are people in the workplace who are really worried. There are employees and employers who are worried. Politicians are worried. And even many believers are worried about so many things that are going on in their lives. As I petitioned the Lord for a message to preach, he gave me this particular message to share with the listening audience today, including me. We all have succumbed to worry at some point in our lives. And many people, even believers, are frightened by the coronavirus pandemic and the repercussions of it. My friends, the word of God says, do not worry. What is worry? Worry means to be anxious. It is to be distracted. It is to be uneasy. It is to have a divided mind. To worry is to have a troubled heart, a heavy heart. Worry has a way of clinging to you, dominating and consuming your thinking as you turn your problems over and over in your mind. And you are never able to let them go. Even though the scripture is clear that worrying is a sin, I believe the sin of worry is committed by Christians more than any other sin. What happens when we trust God and do not worry? What happens when we trust God and do not worry? Number one, when we trust God and do not worry, he will supply all our needs. When we trust God and do not worry, he will supply all our needs. Matthew chapter six, verse 32 B says, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. You see, my friends, God knows your needs. And if you trust, obey and live by faith, he will supply all of them. It does not matter whether it is food. It doesn't matter whether it's clothing. It doesn't matter whether it's protection, rest, employment, financial security or wisdom. God has abundantly more than your life can actually contain. God is still on the throne and God can bless you in such a way that your life cannot even contain all the blessings that he desires to give. Beloved, God takes care of his children and will not allow you to lack the necessities of life. Psalms 37, 25 says, I was young and now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. We will always get what is best from God. Did you hear me? We will always get what is best from God, whether it's divine chastening, whether it is protection or whether it is his divine provision. God knows what is best for his children. And he loves us. Secondly, what happens when we trust God and do not worry? We fail to gain victory over worry. 
If we fail to gain victory over worry, we will reap the negative consequences from it. If we fail to gain victory over worry, we will reap the negative consequences from it. Worry will cause migraine headaches. Worry will cause headaches. If you are determined to worry, ulcers will get the best of you. There will be sleepless nights. When you worry, there will be discontentment, frustration, irritability. There will be fatigue. Worry will bring on loss of appetite. It will bring on depression and even suicidal tendencies. This is why the word of God says, don't worry. Matthew chapter 6 verse 27 says, and which of you by worrying can add even one hour to his life? Beloved, you have absolutely nothing to gain from worry. Just let that thought rest with you. You have absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing to gain from worrying. But you do have everything to lose. Worry is the great takeaway. It subtracts, but never adds for the good of a person. Worry cannot add more years and not even one hour to your life. With that being said, then why worry? If worry is that detrimental to our life, then why do we worry? Thirdly, when we trust God and do not worry, we live in freedom. When we trust God and do not worry, we live in freedom. The Gospel of John chapter 8 verse 36 says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17 also says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Beloved, it is very possible to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and not experience freedom in Christ. You can be saved by the blood of Jesus. You can, you can know the Lord as your personal savior. You could be a born again believer and yet not experience freedom in Christ. Satan's aim is to steal your freedom and he will if you allow him. He desires to hold you captive, not only by worry, but also he desires to hold you captive by doubt and bondage and addictions. He wants you to be held captive by stress and anger and unforgiveness and so much more. When you have freedom in Christ, you can rejoice. When you have freedom in Christ, you can be thankful today. When you have freedom in Christ, you can be optimistic. When you have freedom in Christ, you can encourage one another. You can serve one another and shine for Christ among those who are disgruntled, discouraged, depressed, in despair, and even afraid to walk in the neighborhood because of the coronavirus. God does not want us to be negligent. But at the same time, he does not want us to be paralyzed by fear, which hinders our testimony for Christ. We need to walk in the spirit and God will give us the wisdom to balance the Christian life to the glory of almighty God. Number four, 
When we trust God and do not worry, we receive his peace. And oh, how so many people, the lost and saved alike, need peace. Philippians chapter four, verse seven says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. You see, beloved, possessing the peace of Christ in the midst of the coronavirus is a tremendous witness to your family. Your husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, if there's ever time to display the peace of Christ before your children, it's right this very moment. The peace of Christ need to be exuding from parents. The peace of Christ need to be exuding from believers to an onlooking, onlooking world. They desperately need to see the peace of Christ in believers. When believers exude the peace of Christ, it encourages the faith of others. The peace of God will not allow you to worry. The peace of Christ will not allow you to be frightened. Uh, the peace of Christ will not allow you to move on your emotions, to hoard supplies, to be suspicious of people. When you have the peace of Christ, you'll not be self-centered. You'll not be afraid for your life. Beloved, a child of God who is in the will of God will endure through the calamities of life and will not die until God's appointed time. I say it again, that's so critical in the times in which we live. A child of God who is in the will of God will endure through the calamities of life and will not die until God's appointed time. Therefore, rest in the peace and refuse to worry. Rest in the peace of Christ and refuse to worry. I like that great passage in Psalms 91 verses 1 through 3 and verses 7 through 11. Psalms uh, chapter 91 verses 1 through 3 and verses 7 through 11. It says, those who live in the shelter. I like that word shelter. Shelter is the divine covering who live in the shelter under the divine covering of God, of the most high. The most high there is a reference to God, Jehovah God. When you live in the shelter of the most high, who is God, you will find rest in the shadow of the almighty. Not only God, but even his shadow. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. Is he your refuge in times like these? The word refuge means he is my protection. And oh, how we need God's protection. The next phrase says he is my place of safety. There's no place of safety apart from being in God and God alone. He is my God. In times like these, who is your God? If you have the wrong God, you will not have peace. If you have the wrong God, you will be afraid. If you have the wrong God, you'll look for God in the wrong places. If you don't have the real God, the true and living God, uh, you'll have blasted hopes and shattered dreams. You just can't believe in a God. You have to believe in the true and living God, Jehovah God, the one and only God. 
God has to be personal in your life. You have to know God for yourself. He is my God. And I trust in him, says that next phrase, because he is my God. Verse three, he will rescue. That word rescue means deliver. We have a God who is able to deliver us. And those of you who have been walking with God for any length of time, you know about the delivering hand of God. There are those of you under my voice, you've been delivered from car accidents. You've been delivered from surgeries and near misses. Uh, you've been delivered from a fall. You've been delivered from all kinds of things. Uh, the word de- rescue means deliver. And God is a, a deliverer. Uh, he rescues us. He will deliver, rescue you from every trap, the scripture says, and protect you from deadly disease. Look at that. He will protect you from deadly disease. Now, you can go out there and be foolish and do something that's way out there and you don't take counsel and you don't use wisdom and you have a sense of invincibility about you, you can die before the times simply because you're being foolish with your life. And and you will die of diseases. You can you can die of diseases because you are sexually immoral and all these things. But when you're living holy and you're walking with God, you live in harmony with God and you are living by the word of God, uh he will protect you from deadly disease. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you. And we can see that in the days in which we live. These evils will not touch you. These evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. Verse nine, if you make the Lord your refuge, your protection, if you make the most high God, Jehovah God, your shelter, your safe place, your sanctuary. Uh, Verse 10, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. Verse 11, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Beloved, I submit to you today, I believe in angels. And just because we don't see them doesn't mean they're not there. They're all around us. They're innumerable. You can't count them. And they're ministering spirits to aid us, to help us. And uh, and they are at work uh, moving at God's bidding and God's command. Number five, believers gain victory over worry when we embrace, apply, and live out the word of God in our lives. Believers gain victory over uh, worry when we embrace, apply, and live out the word of God in our lives. You see, the scriptures is therapeutic. It, the scriptures are medicinal, medicinal to the body, therapeutic to the body. The scriptures therapeutic to the mind. It, it, it brings healing to the soul, brings healing to the spirit, resulting in spiritual and physical healing. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is medicinal. The word of God brings healing like nothing else. 
let me give you a few uh, scriptures on the, the word of God being a healer. Jeremiah 17, chapter 17, verse 14 says, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved for you are my praise. In the midst of adversity, in the midst of calamities, we must keep on praising Jesus, worshiping Jesus, uh, lauding Jesus, esteeming and extolling Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus, the words of the word of God is a healer. It is therapeutic to our lives. It lifts depression. It settles us down. Luke chapter four, verse 18 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The word of God lifts oppression and it breaks oppression. And then Psalms 107 verse 20, it says, he sent forth his word and healed them. Oh, I love that in Psalms 107 verse 20, God sent his word and healed them. And there's a famine of the word in the world today. And and, and sadly, even in the church, the word of God must take center, take priority in the church, must be the center point in the church. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. Yes, there's healing In the word of the living God. Number six, the surest way to overcome worry is by keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. The surest way to overcome worry is by keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2a says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, my friend, you will become Faint hearted if you don't keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, especially in the times in which we live. You will become disheartened if you don't keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. You will be distressed if you don't keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Your heart will be filled with trouble if you shift your eyes from Christ to the stock market. Your life will be troubled if you allow the long lines in supermarkets to discourage you, keeping your eyes on the long lines, on the empty shelves in the stores. If you keep your eyes on diminishing income, uh, you will be discouraged. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, even when things are not going well. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Jesus is the great stabilizer. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Even when many are being infected by this deadly virus, even when those uh, around us are being sickened by this horrific virus, keep your eyes on Jesus. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you won't become a hot mess. You won't become nervous. You won't become frigidy. You won't, you won't lose heart and you won't faint. If you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, who enables us to live in hope. Number seven, an unwavering faith and confidence in Christ is the best cure for worry. 
An unwavering faith and confidence in Christ is the best cure for worry. In Romans chapter 4, verses 20 through 21, it says, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. He was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Beloved, if you possess a wavering faith, if you possess a wavering faith, you will struggle. If you possess a wavering faith, you will doubt the promises of God and not be able to glorify and and please him. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There is no adversity that comes into your life that God cannot bring you through if you're resting and holding on to the promises of almighty God. Romans 4.28 says, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. My friend refused to waver, but rather live confidently by faith in the promises of God. Here are a few scriptures to build up your confidence in Christ. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. God has a plan and a purpose for your life to give you a future, to give you a hope. He knows what what is best for you and he will give you what is best for you as you trust him. God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory and his will for our lives. Therefore, we have no need to fear, even through trials, tribulations, and the coronavirus. We must stand firm on God's word, which commands us to be of good cheer, for he has overcome the world. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.